0: Hello and welcome to Saints Live, the final whistle. I'm Steve Forbes.
1: And I'm Kenzie Finale.
0: Well, it was a second half rally from Southampton that sees them leave the Amex with a point in a 2-2 draw against Brighton. Now, here to discuss all of the action, we have Dean Hammond and Paul Belveston joining us again. Paul, not the best of starts to the game, but, you know, a decent point in the end.
2: Absolutely. Feared the worst. Deep into injury time, first half. Um, Saints were looking... Very ragged, really. Second to a lot of balls were looking shaky at the back, not threatening much. And then it all turned around, you know, cliches again. Great time to score, changes the managers, team talks and everything. And second half was a complete transformation. It sort of sums up both clubs' seasons in a way because they're very similar in that at times they've played fantastically well, beaten big teams, other times looked Close to hopeless, let's be honest, and uh, and have gone on very poor runs both teams all season, mid table, very similar points uh, so far this season. So the fact that there was sort of a half for each team and and some very good stuff in there and some not so good stuff in there, I think that uh, yeah, that's a, it's a good microcosm of uh, the thirty four games we've had or whatever it is so far this season.
0: Yeah, and Dean, it was our captain that dug us out of a hole down at the seaside today,
3: wasn't it? It was. Two fantastic goals, um, like Paul said. The timing of the the first goal for Southampton just, just gave the team the belief to go into the second half and a completely different team in, in the second half. More desire, more tempo, um, first to everything, winning tackles. Uh, but not honestly winning tackles and winning second balls. Every time Southampton did, they almost start, started up another counter-attack, another opportunity, and just looked like they had loads more energy in, in that second half. and. First goal with a free kick, which we know James World Cross can do, and the second goal, fantastic. And then I really thought Southampton were going to go on and win it. Um, I thought the two centre midfield players' first half were below the standards they've set, but the second half were both fantastic for Southampton. Absolutely brilliant in James ward and Oya Romeo Took control of the game and really dominated. Uh, I thought Shea Adams' hold-up play was brilliant, really, really good. Didn't have many opportunities, didn't create opportunities, but his hold-up play was was fantastic and really enjoyed the second half watching Southampton I really really did um, you know attacking that away end with all the, the fans there making the noise and and cheering them on it was a, a, a well worth point in the end and good reaction from, from disappointment because Southampton were again a little bit below past first half and just a um, little, little bit of lack of belief and a little bit of lack of energy if I'm honest but second half fantastic and finished again really really strong so I'm sure the manager will be very pleased.
0: Well, before we talk about the game in a bit more detail, here's how it panned out, courtesy of BBC Radio Solent. Good afternoon,
4: everybody, from the Amex Stadium, as the players beneath me walk out. Correa will cross low from the left. Right into the heart of the six-yard area. Forster hasn't caught it, and the follow-up goes in. And it may well be that Danny Welbeck has scored that goal for Brighton. Now Livramento approaching the penalty, he's got room, he's got time, and he drills it against the post. It comes back down, and Shay Adams can't put the rebound in. Wepner again, who's all over the place, and he's done well. Turns away from the tackle, and there's a Saints player down, injured badly. What on earth happened there, Dave? That looks innocuous. It looked as if it was a twist, and now there's stretcher men lifting up. Romeo can't get him, then the low ball in, and the shot, and surely, no, Saints survive, here's Leandro Trossard, he looks for Welbeck again, and it's an own goal, and Saints, it's another disaster in their own penalty area, here comes Ward Prowse with the free kick, and he has done it, oh boy oh boy, he very rarely disappoints, has support inside him from Romeo, looking to get the shot away to his captain, Ward-Prowse drills it low, past Sanchez again! Sossard's got away with it and he carries on playing, another offside, the flag hasn't gone up, the linesman falls over, Pascal Gross shoots, and he fires it into the lead, and then the flag goes up on the far side. It's offside, 2-2. And Robert Jones says,
1: that's it! Belvis, you said just a moment ago that you were fearing the worst in the first half, as were all of us, I'm sure. Um, Obviously, Brighton taking a 2-0 lead like Burnley did on Thursday. What did you make of the goals Saints conceded today?
2: Well, the, the team clearly weren't listening to us before the game, were they? How dare they? Because, you know, Sid, the crowd can be on edge. They haven't seen many goals. They haven't seen many wins. They will get frustrated just you know keep them at arm's length don't give them any chances inside the box and then within two minutes it was a bit of a shambles wasn't it um Brighton have won a won a throw in now at my awful level of football growing up we were always taught to to mark the thrower because it's an easy cross in if he's just going to get it back once he's thrown it pass back and then he can cross in I thought Maybe, you know, I don't know uh, anything about professional tactics really, but Tino Livramento stood off uh, Kukurea as he got the ball back unmarked. It took a bit of a deflection, his cross in, and then it was just a collision between Salasu and Fraser Forster. they Neither of them really committed fully to to claiming or clearing the ball. And there was pressure from Enoch and Wepu in there as well, and then Danny Welbeck just knocked it in from about a yard and a half out. So, yeah, the worst possible start, and then there was some great, great play in in the build up to to Brighton's second. Welbeck involved again, a, a cracking pass out, switching the play over to the left hand side from the right, and Salisu had sort of gone in to try and stop that that ball or, or try and nick it off him, and, and from then he was he was backpedalling, racing back, and Welbeck had a little uh, little head start and. Leo Trossard again, a lovely ball then into the box after assessing his options, and Salisu at full pace pings it into the side netting. So um, yeah, he didn't have the, the greatest first half back after his little rest out of the right out of the game. But you know, as we said, second half, it was a complete turnaround. And and even in that first half where Brighton were on top and and deserved their lead, Forster wasn't hugely busy so um you know for them to to come back and to keep the belief and and all the mental strength you need to to come back from 2-0 down i think that's great credit to southampton especially i think there was a stat plopped uh, up that brighton never dropped points from going ahead at home of course they're not very good at going ahead at home or or, or anything but you know in 20 30 games something like that they've uh, they've always gone on to win or, or i might have misread it but It doesn't matter. Salampton did very well having had that wretched start to come back and and do as well as they did.
0: Mm, Yeah, well, this first half seemed to go from bad to worse when Tino Livermento had to go off after suffering what looked like a a horrible injury. Dean, we're trying to make out whether it was his his knee or his ankle. Could you make out what happened to Tino there?
3: I think it was his knee. Um, I think it was potentially his left knee as well. Um, He knew straight away. As you see, he's going down. He's kind of holding his hand up straight away. So, he must have felt the the pain um, straight away. Um, I think it was just too much body weight going through that knee when he was off balance. I think his body shape he got too low and just tried to push off of it too quickly at the slightly the, the wrong angle. Whether his studs got caught in the in the grass, I'm not too sure. Um, but he felt it straight away. So obviously, all we can do is wish him the best and hopefully it's um, it's not too serious and not too bad for him. Um, it doesn't look great, um, but I thought he he was doing okay up to that that point. Um, he was making some good runs forward. Um, looked like he had lots of energy. Obviously, with the the attempt he had where he hit the post, um, he was he was a performing okay and looked a threat for Southampton. So it's one of those things. It's part and parcel of sport, part and parcel of football. You're going to get injuries. You just hope for a player with his ability and the season he's had and his age. It's not too serious. Um, and he can come back, and we can see him before the end of the season. That would that would be great. Um, but I'm sure he'll be in good hands. Um, the medical staff at Southampton are, are fantastic, and they'll look after him. So that's just fingers crossed for him. But um, yeah, it didn't it didn't look great, um, but let's see, and just hope the best for him.
1: Yeah, most definitely. It goes without saying that uh, the whole Saints Live team are sending Tino uh, all our very best. Uh, well, let's hear what the fans had to say then after that draw at the Amex. Uh, naturally, a lot of love coming in for our captain, James Ward-Prowse, seems to be the topic uh, of the conversations going on in the comments. Harrison Lovitz got in touch. He says, James Ward-Prowse is the Saints hero. That's why he's our captain. JB on YouTube, hello. He says, uh, JWP is worth his weight in gold. Telepero and Stew also played well today and uh, Vishnall has also said at uh, James Ward-Prowse man of the match no question about it I mean Belvis yeah brilliant again from our captain and I feel like we tend to copy and paste this question now but uh, another <laughs> wonderful free kick
2: it was well, in some ways it wasn't it wasn't it was very clever the free kick you know I think Coral Romeo Jan Bednarek sort of split to make a gap that he found and he uh, fired it in sort of bottom corner he he, he can pick out any Tiny little square in the netting, can't he, to aim at? And I think, in a, in some ways, he he'd got inside Robert Sanchez's head because he can he can ping it into either top corner so very well. It didn't look like Sanchez completely trusted his wall because he slightly shifted to that side as Prowse was about to um, strike the ball. So, you know, maybe he was wrong-footed, but it was a very clever free kick. And and this is the thing when. Teams concede free kicks in anything like that area. They are going to be very, very worried. No goalkeeper is going to be comfortable in that because they can't predict which side, or they, they're only guessing which side is he's, um, he's going to put the ball. And more often than not, he's going to find a gap in the wall, go over it, go under it, whatever it's going to be. You know, they are going to be tested. So the fact that it's another different free kick as well. I think is is great credit to him. You know, the practice continues to pay off and, and you know, goalkeepers are going to be studying him like they're studying penalty takers. They're going to be looking at where which is his more favoured side. But he scored four, I think, direct free kicks this season. Now, they've all been completely different and he's the first player up to 10 goals for the season in the squad as well, which is great credit to him. I remember doing an interview with him at the start of the season. He said he wanted to up his goals tally from open play he's got six now four free kicks up to double figures he's having a cracking season yeah it
0: was a fantastic time to score and he proved in the second half that he's not just a free kick merchant dean uh, what an absolutely stunning strike and also a special mention to oriel romay for that that back heel i love that
3: yeah it was in in, in the interception as well from Oriol as well in the, in the build-up where he intercepts it Um, he gets the ball wide to, to nathan teller who again second half looked really really positive um, comes back to Oro and he's just calm, really aware. He knows where he is and just the back heel, um, but the weight of the back heel as well. He knows exactly where James Ward's prowess is. So he can just come onto it first time and strike the ball. And the way he hits across it and it, it goes straight into that corner. And, and Sanchez is a top goalkeeper and a, and, a, and a big, big goalkeeper as well. So to beat him from that distance, um, it's a fantastic strike. It really, really is. And he hits it so true. Um, and so two fantastic goals from, from James Ward-Prowse. And, and those two in the centre-field, I thought they were excellent in the second half. I think that was what the, the biggest improvement of Southampton was. They controlled the game. They got on the ball. When Southampton needed to play with a high tempo, they did. When they needed to slow it down, they kept possession. Interceptions... Um, so the, the two of them were really, really good. But it's a fantastic goal. And you can't beat scoring an equaliser or a winner like that and, you're, uh, and the goal and your, home, and your away fans are behind the goal. It's one of the best feelings ever. And that that the feeling, the noise, the red and white, it would have been fantastic. And I thought Southampton were excellent second half. Best we've seen them play in, in a good few weeks now. So I really enjoyed it. But yeah, what a fantastic strike.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, Belves, as Dean's just said there, it was Southampton that had the better of this second half. But of course, Brighton did have the ball in the net. Uh, we kind of had a, a heart in our mouth for a moment, just didn't a we? Bit. But it was uh, ruled out by a very close VAR call.
2: And a, and a very long study by the video assistant referee, wasn't it? Because they needed to get the lines out. There was a, a big pause while they zoomed in. And, you know, you're always got your heart in your mouth, which bit of foot, knee, shirt are they gonna are they gonna pick and how close is it and the lines were extraordinarily close together i was pleased that pascal gross wasn't in the starting lineup from a southampton point of view because you know a couple of games ago against spurs he created more chances in that game than the whole tottenham team i think his stats are right up there uh with anyone in the in the big six as far as chances created this season he, he can be a hugely influential player for brighton and when he came off the bench you know that was one of the uh, the first things he was involved with. It was a cracking finish, but thankfully, yeah, just a fraction offside. But it was a, a very long wait, as it as it often is. At least this time, you could you could appreciate and understand because they were having to zoom in and and use the technology uh, as much as they did. But um, it would have been un, unjust, unfair. It would have been cruel if that goal had counted because Southampton had had the far better of the second half and. Um, You know, Fraser Forster hadn't had any other saves to make. Really, there was one in the first half from Welbeck at very close range. But, you know, I'm not sure Robert Sanchez was tested as much as Southampton would have liked. But, you know, 2-2 felt very fair at the end of it. If they had snatched points as they did at St. Mary's, of course, in the 98th minute, it it would have felt a little bit uh, sour, really.
0: Mm, yeah, well, Nathan Teller made his start in the game. is just his second appearance actually since January. He did go off after suffering a, a wee bit of cramp in the, in the second half. Dean,
3: what did you make of his overall performance today? Well, he had a part to play in both goals. He won the free kick for for James Wall Prowse, where a good central run and then um, tried to get through and go and got failed. And then he played a part in the second goal by being very, very positive and, and then come and check him back and give him the ball to Oro Romeo. So, you know, he looked lively. I think he grew into the game. Um, he changed wings at times, so he mixed his game up. He A few runs through the centre of the pitch as well. Um, but he has got that, that pace, which, you know, in modern-day football is, is so important. And I think he's, you know, Nathan's going to get better and better. Had a bit of a stop-start season because of injuries. Um, So that's not really helped him. But I thought he did fine today. You know, he looks... I like him. He's positive with the ball. And he's, he's got that young... Um, enthusiasm where no fear really just give me the ball I'm going to take people on if I make mistakes no problem but he'll make something happen and, and almost got in actually for goal when when Gross had just come on and he made a really really good tackle by a good link-up play with, with Shea Adams so yeah he looked good and hopefully like you say it's just cramp and he can continue playing till the end of the season now because I do like him in the team you know because he's got that raw pace which is so important whether you're Got possession of the ball, or whether you're playing counter attack football, it's really, really important. So, Nathan did fine today, and hopefully, he can continue playing and keep improving all the time.
1: Well, let's hear from Ralph Hasenhootel now. Here's what the Saints' boss had to say after the game.
5: Yeah, intense one, I think. Uh, um, we had a horrible first half with everything that can happen happened. bad injury, concealer early goal. A uh, shot on post where we mechanically equalise and Paul Gar doesn't doesn't go in. So everything that can go wrong uh, went wrong. Although I must say the game was not that bad. Also in the first half we had some good moments I think, and and uh, what we wanted to do was okay. But uh, yeah, the, the, the goal from Prowse before the half time definitely helped us to have a different mode in the half time in the dressing room, and then s- kept on going what we tried to in the first half also, and in the second half we went it, it was even better I think. The belief was there, we were very intense, we have uh, had early pressure on the ball, every time very early ball wins uh, they couldn't play football and we played to our goal, where our fans felt a little bit like a home game, you must be honest in this moment. And uh, yeah, the reaction was fantastic, it was one of our best second halves this season on on the road, I think.
1: Yeah, well, Belvis, let's look ahead to next Saturday. Then, of course, we're back at St Mary's Stadium as we welcome Crystal Palace. What are your early thoughts on that game?
2: Impossible to predict, isn't it? Either team, who knows who's going to turn up and how they're going to play Crystal Palace in very place in the table to to Southampton and to Brighton and... You know, so inconsistent. Sometimes they can be absolutely mesmerizing to watch. They've got so many exciting young forward players, particularly they've got um, they've got a, a pretty solid defense as well. You'd say Patrick Vera has done a fantastic job there this season, changing the style of football from uh, Roy Hodgson. I was at Vicarage Road when he came up against the old Palace manager, and they they destroyed them four-one that day. They were on a, a cracking run. They've taken four points off Manchester City this season. Um, they've beat Arsenal only a couple of weeks ago, 3-0 as well, and and they look tremendous at times. And then at other times, and this is where the comparison comes in again, they just they don't seem to gel. It doesn't seem to work for them. They've lost three in a row, including an FA Cup semi-final. Reaching an FA Cup semi-final, of course, is, uh, is fantastic for any sort of mid-table side. We saw that ourselves last season, didn't we? Um, so it's very difficult to predict what might happen, how it's going to go. The atmosphere at St Mary's for the Arsenal game was tremendous. You know, the the fans understood that it wasn't going to be the the most dominant display from Southampton, but they really relished the the battle, the 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 passion shown by the likes of Lianco and the, the 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 way everyone was was clearly working for each other, which is always um, when Southampton are at their best. So, if we can get a similar sort of all round team performance, whatever the approach might be a similar sort of atmosphere, then uh, then yeah, I can see it being a good day for Southampton.
0: Yeah, it's pretty tight at that part of the table. Dean, just three points separating
3: both sides, just one place in the table as well. Yeah, well, like Paul said, two teams that are probably fighting or trying to fight for that that 10th space, really, um, which seems to be so important. Um, and both teams will be looking to win. I agree. I think Crystal Palace have been hot and cold, but mostly hot this season. They've had a really good season. Uh, I think Patrick Vera's had a very good first season as manager there. And, Crystal Palace have got some exciting players, um, some good individual players. So it'll be a good test for, for Southampton. But, you know, last home game, Paul said, really good atmosphere, three points, excellent performance against Arsenal. Um, have to be a little bit of a different approach. You expect Southampton to have a little bit more ball. Um, but following the second half today, take that confidence and, and that energy and that desire and that willingness to try and go and win the game and make things happen and, and not wait I think that's the Southampton we love watching. So if they can perform that, um, they get the crowd going at St Mary's and it'll be a good afternoon for Southampton. So another game that we're looking forward to. And we
2: get James Ward-Prowse against Wilfred Zaha, which is always <laughs> box office. Tasty.
1: Yeah, that is always yeah. incredibly entertaining. Yeah, I certainly love that matchup. And I'm thinking as well, if Rosemary can get out her lucky jumper, didn't go quite so well on Thursday, one step better today, maybe against Crystal Palace, uh, we can get the win if you she gets so, out for yeah. a third time. <laughs> uh, so take note, Rosemary. Uh, well, Dean Belver, it's always a joy to have you with us on the show. Have a wonderful week and we look forward to seeing you soon. Uh, and of course, thank you to everyone who's tuned in to both Saints Live and the final whistle, a pleasure to have your company as always. As we've mentioned, uh, Southampton do return to St. Mary's Stadium next Saturday to welcome Crystal Palace. That's a 3pm kickoff, so we'll be live with you on Saints Live from one forty five. Join us then. Bye for now.
0: See you soon.